Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms uh, here in person. And for those of you that are worshiping at home, we are delighted that you've joined us today. I just have a few quick announcements. Next Sunday, the third graders are going to get their very first Bible. We're doing that presentation in the nine o'clock service, and it's followed by an orientation. So if you know a third grader, or you sometimes act like one, go on, go over, get the Bible. Let Miss Carol know that you're coming. The Monday after that, on September 27th, we're having our next trivia night. So grab a friend and enjoy matching your wits with all of the people that gather for that. It is free. It's in the Palm Center from 5.30 to 8. The noontime concerts are going to begin on October 13th. It's a $10 ticket. You get a lunch, a soup lunch in here, like at 11.45, and then you go over to the chapel for a half-hour concert. It might be a really nice treat in your week, and they happen only once a month with different groups performing each time. So we hope you'll take advantage of that. Buy a ticket in the office or online. And finally, Dee Weber is looking for people that can sew these simple little stockings. She only needs 920 of them because she does a ministry at Booker Middle School. And then we um, get to give the, I guess she actually has the police officers deliver them to them. And she's been doing this ministry for like 20 years. So if you have the gift of sewing, Go over to the front office, the pattern is there, and you would just whip out some stockings and return them. If you do not have the gift of sewing, this is a, still a ministry for you because we're collecting small candies, probably like that Halloween size. Bring it back to the church and we'll stuff these after we get them. 920 people, you might learn how to sew just to help us out here. That's all the announcements. We're going to get to share the love of Christ with one another. And of course, there's that little challenge to find someone that you don't know. And here's what I want you to find out. Find out something they like to do in a free hour. Just something that, yeah, something that you like to do if you have a free hour. Ready, set, go.
worship God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, parted the raging sea. God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. Sing to the God who heals. Sing to the God who saves. Sing to God who always makes a way. Cause he hung upon that cross and he rose from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. God is surely in His place. We won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. A beggar, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Yeah. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is showing in this place. We won't be quiet. Yeah. We're gonna shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the Make 
for you. 
And how does one follow that? Um, Stephanie Chate, high schooler, um, thank you for leading us. Wow, so we do get to worship God also with our tithes and our offerings, and there are many ways that you can give, and there are baskets on the table as you leave. We are so grateful for partnering with you um, as you join us in our mission to love God and love neighbor. I'd like to invite the mic runners to come forward. Uh, we're going to have that opportunity where we can lift up our joys and our concerns for one another, and um, we get to do that with these great guys. So. Introduce yourself, please. Uh, my name is Sam Wright, and I am a sophomore at Suncoast Polytech High School. Thanks, Sam. Um, I'm Sawyer, and I'm a freshman at Pineview. Thanks, Sawyer. So how can we be praying on this day? Joys and concerns, um, and as we finish, as we hear a concern, we will say, Lord, hear our prayers. How can we be praying on this day? Good morning. Good morning. I'd like us to continue to pray for those who are suffering from the COVID and also from cancer, especially my stepdaughter, Christina, yeah. and for Sebastian Spivey, yeah. and for a friend of my son's, her name is Katrine. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of those people um, that Linda named and for those that we know close to us. Lord, hear our prayers. What else should we lift up for this community of faith to be praying with us and for us um, and for God to hear? Um, I, would actually like to I would actually like to pray for my great aunt's roommate. She was a smoker and she has oh. lung cancer. Oh. And last I, knew of her, I, last I knew of her, she wasn't expected to make it through the night that I last heard about her. And I don't know if she's still here anymore. Thank you. So for your great aunt's roommate... Is that right? And so for her family, um, thanks, Sam. Lord, hear our prayers. Yeah. We had uh, 90,000 people die of addiction to opiates last year, mm -hmm. and I'd like to hold up the sick and suffering addicts. Thank you so much for addicts, for, um, oh my goodness, and it touches, I don't even know what the numbers are, um, percentage, how many Americans, but it is big, it is real. Thank you for lifting that up for us today. Lord, hear our prayers. I would like to um, lift up some mission partners that we have in Honduras that Melvin and Lorena Tejeda, if you would stand up for us, they're sitting right in the back. Our um, sweet friend Max Perry has been in partnership and ministry with them for, it seems like forever, but it's a lot, a lot of years. They do amazing work in Honduras, and we are so grateful that you're here with us, and we're so grateful for all you do for our friends in Honduras. Lord, hear our prayers. Anything else? Yeah, thank you.
I had just found out on our family Zoom meeting on Friday that my brother was diagnosed with prostate cancer, so I'm hoping for a speedy recovery for him and um, anyone else. What is your brother's name? Bill. Bill. So we'll be praying for Bill and for others that may be suffering that cancer. Thank you. Lord, hear our prayers. And um, just prayers, continued prayers for our son, Matthew. Everyone has prayed uh, for him and wrapped their loving arms around him. He is here. Um, He's transitioning out of the army, and he is here for three months doing a fellowship. Yay. (laughs) Um, And doing really well. And um, may, if the job comes from the fellowship, we'll be relocating to the panhandle. Okay. So, um, Mm -hmm. but just praises for for him and he's doing so much better and thank you all for your prayers and just your love of him. Thank you so much. That's awesome. So we have Matthew and then let's remember all of those who are still serving in the military um, for our missionaries, for our first responders, um, for those healthcare providers. Lord, hear our prayer. All right. Well, let's bow together and pray. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful to be in your house on this day. We feel your presence, and we know that we are your children and that we are loved. Shore us up, fill us up, so that when we leave, we bring you with us as a light, as kindness, as care and comfort in a world that so desperately needs it. You've heard many of our prayers today, and we give them all to you. For those that are still on our hearts, Lord, you know what they are, you know what we need. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Unless we have a student that's going to read the scripture passage for this day, Alex, good morning. We're so glad you're here. You're up. <laughs> good morning. My name is Alex Afeas, and I'm a senior at Sarasota Military Academy. The scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. And they went on from there and passed through the Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Then they came up from Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve and said to them, Whoever wants to be the first must be the last of all and the servant of all. And he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said, Whoever comes, one such child in my name, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Thanks, O God, for your word 
for your son Jesus and for your desire to teach us how best to live in this world. Open our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you may wish to say to us, that it may fall as seed that implants within our souls. In Christ's name, amen. The story is told, likely apocryphal, about the time when Hank Aaron, the great home run hitter, came up to the plate when the Braves were playing the Yankees. Yogi Berra was behind the plate catching, and Berra noticed as Hank Aaron was taking his practice swings that he had the trademark of his bat facing out. With baseball bats, what you're taught when you're young, I don't know if it's really true, is that you're supposed to hold the bat such that the ball doesn't hit the trademark on the bat, reducing the chances that the bat will crack. Well, Bear noticed that Aaron was holding his bat wrong and said to the great home run hitter, Hank, hold the bat so that you can read the trademark. To which Aaron replied, Yogi, I didn't come up here to read, I came up here to hit. I didn't come up here to read, I came up here to hit. I can't imagine what it's like to attempt to hit a pitch delivered by a major league pitcher, this less than three inch in diameter spinning spheroid propelled at the velocity of some 90 to 100 miles an hour, not to mention hitting it as far as to clear the fence, not to mention hitting it as many times as Hank Aaron did, 755 times over the fence, not to mention doing it while regularly receiving vile hate mail from people rooting against you because you're black. Said Aaron, my kids had to live like they were in prison because of kidnap threats. I had to go out the back door of ballparks. I had to have a police escort with me all the time. I was getting threatening letters every single day. I am more than certain that I could not have done what Hank Aaron did on multiple fronts. I cannot be certain, but can only imagine that somewhere in his early days of growing up in Mobile, Alabama, some adult, some coach, watching Aaron learning how to play the game of baseball, learning how to stand at the plate, learning how to swing and not miss, some adult, some coach pulled him aside and likely told him one of the cardinal rules of any game that involves a ball. Hank, I imagine them saying, keep your eye on the ball. One of the most simple and basic rules of sports, and often one of the hardest to follow. If you doubt that, just watch me attempt to hit a golf ball. Keep your eye on the ball, Steve. Keep your eye on the ball. Wide receiver breaks free down the line, and the quarterback lays the ball into his arm like a newborn baby, but he drops it. Why? Because he got ahead of himself. He started running with the ball without first catching the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. One of the most basic rules of the game and one of the easiest to forget. And it is, of course, one of those basic rules that applies to more than just ball games. It applies to just about everything. Don't forget the most important thing. The most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. I haven't come here to read. I've come here to hit. If 
father stands in the delivery room and watches his wife deliver their child to the world, and there is this rush of meaning and love and miracle that comes cascading over him, and he knows that this mother and this child are the most important thing in the universe, but life gets crazy, and work gets crazy, and time gets short, and calendars get full, and pretty soon he's realized he's taken his eye off the ball. A woman comes to terms with her drinking and by grace has made her way to an AA meeting and by grace she empties out her liquor cabinet and by grace she knows that she cannot pick up another drink and by grace she knows that that's the most important thing and it is the thing that makes all the other things possible. By grace she prays one day at a time to keep her eye on the ball. When the Apostle Paul sat down to write one of his last letters, likely from some place of house arrest in Rome, he wrote to his young student in the faith, Timothy, the Apostle, had traveled most of the Roman Empire. He had endured shipwrecks and beatings. He had been slandered and taken to trial. He had been arrested and left for dead. But at the end of it all, the Apostle writes to his young student and says, as for me, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Another way of saying, I suppose, that by grace, I kept my eye on the ball. Which I suppose is the topic at hand when Jesus and his disciples had this conversation that was just read in Mark's Gospel. You may remember from last week that it's in this section of Mark's Gospel that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. But there's more to it than that. Jesus knows, his disciples know that to go to Jerusalem is to come face to face with a cadre of opposition and that likely it will not go well. Jesus knows, though, that he has to do this. This is his mission. This is why he came to love his people enough to tell them the truth despite the consequences of telling the truth. And the consequence, as Jesus reminds them again, will be death. Jesus is the servant. Jesus is the servant Messiah. He does what needs to be done in order to be the truth. In Jerusalem at the Passover feast, Jesus will take a pitcher of water and a basin and a towel and he will wash the disciples' feet. Rabbis don't do that to their students. But Jesus will wash their feet because this is the mission. This is the most important thing. This is keeping his eye on the ball. So while on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus overhears what might have been a little bit of a heated conversation among the disciples. Things are they're getting a little bit indignant with each other. And Jesus hears enough to know that they're, what they're fighting about is the age-old question, who is the greatest? A little earlier, Jesus has taken three of them up the mountain to have this mystical experience of Jesus' transfiguration. And we can only imagine that those three have come down the mountain, told the story to the other nine, which begs the question, well, why those three? Why did only three get picked to go up to the top of the mountain? We don't know, but we can imagine that this is what sparked that who is the greatest debate. Jesus picked me, na-na-na-na-na. We all have a way of being childish, don't we? And what Jesus can see is that these disciples of his are taking their eye off the ball. 
Being the greatest is about being the least. Being the greatest is about being a servant. Being the greatest is about serving these little ones, these little people, the ones who have no voice in the world. Well, then these disciples are taking their eye off the ball. And it makes me wonder if it isn't worth stopping here for just a second and wondering out loud something that I think this text wants us to wonder about, and that is this. Is this the thing? The most important thing. If the most important thing is to make the most important thing the most important thing, is this the most important thing? To be the least. To be the servant. To come alongside of or behind the little ones, the ones who have no voice. Is this the ball game? And if so, are we keeping our eye on the ball? I was in a conversation a few months ago, and we got on the topic of all that is wrong with the world. Have you ever been in one of these conversations? And there is. There's a lot wrong with the world, and there will always be a lot wrong with the world. But as we were talking, it was as if this was the only time in history when so much was wrong with the world. And after a while, you know, those conversations just spiral into this vortex, and they just get so depressing. And finally, someone piped up and asked, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, that put an end to the conversation. So in occupied and destitute Israel, which had its fair share of problems, politically, economically, socially, where lepers and prostitutes and tax collectors and hungry beggars roamed. Jesus keeps his eye on the ball and touches the lepers, eats with the prostitutes, forgives the tax collectors, and feeds the beggars. The greatest of all is the least of all. The greatest of all is the servant of all. Where we lived before we lived in Sarasota, not too far outside of New York City, our house was about eight doors down from the local firehouse. It was a volunteer fire company, which meant that there wasn't anyone stationed actually at the station. They were all at home or at work somewhere nearby. Which meant that when a fire got called in, this enormous siren, virtually an air raid siren, would begin to sound and could be heard through half the township. And when the siren sounded, it meant that one group of people, whether they were in bed or at dinner or at work, one group of people stopped everything, jumped out of bed, away from the table, and up from their desk, and went to do what they were called to do. And every time I heard that siren, and five minutes later heard that truck blaring past our house, I would just say a little prayer and thank the good Lord for people like that. People who are never losing sight of the ball. I thought a lot about those folks last week as, like you, I was reminded of that horrific day when the towers and the Pentagon and the fields of Pennsylvania were stabbed by those missiles of terror. There would be that day and every day after where there would be expressed lots of fear and blaming and lament and complaint. But when the world felt like it was falling down, there were those firefighters and police officers who were climbing up 
the stairs. Why? Because it was the mission. It's what they do. It's the calling. It's keeping your eye on the ball. In the middle of the 19th century, Henri Dunau, a Swiss businessman, had in his sights the business deal of a lifetime. All he needed to do was to get to the French emperor, Napoleon III, to sign off on a land acquisition, and then he would be in clover. But Napoleon was busy fighting a war. But this didn't deter Henri. He traveled to the battlefront to find the emperor to sign off on the land acquisition. He found them, as it turned out, at Solferino, where they had just concluded an epic and awful battle. 23,000 casualties, and with no one there to tend them. Instinctively, Dunal began recruiting and organizing and deploying local townspeople to care for the wounded and the dying, no matter what side they were on. And he wondered, what would the world be like if there was a movement of people that were there to care for casualties of war without prejudice. Dunal committed his life to the effort, spent all of his money, ended up destitute in the effort to create this organization. The people who joined the movement would wear these little white bands on their arms and these uniforms that had red crosses on them. They called themselves the Red Cross. Years later, they found Dunant living in, a, in squalor and obscurity, and they awarded him the very first Nobel Peace Prize. And he gave the entire monetary award away. Keeping your eye on the ball. Whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. It's maybe what Mark Messner had in mind. Mark Messner, the all-American defensive lineman drafted by the Los Angeles Rams, a rookie trying to make the team and realize his dream of playing in the NFL. A dream fostered to him by his stepfather who walked, who walked with him when he was young, who cheered from the stands, who sacrificed so that he could go to college. And now here he was at the end of the rainbow on the pot of gold within reach. And that's when he got a call from his sister that his stepfather's cancer had taken a turn. And could he come help? Help? <laughs> now? I got the ball to chase. This is the one of my dreams. But as it turned out, it wasn't the one of his heart. So Mark left the Rams, moved in with his stepdad, and nursed him, held him, and fed him like a baby changed his diaper, and bandaged his bed sores. And in the end, laid him to rest. It's called keeping your eye on the ball. Chasing the dream is what Hank Aaron called the movement he started 45 years ago after he hit the last of his 755 home runs. Chasing the dream, a movement to help kids with little dreams to find them and to live them. Hank Aaron hit number 755 45 years ago, but number 755 was never the number for him. The number that mattered most was the number of kids who found and lived their dreams. Hank Aaron died this year. The headline said he was one of the greatest of all time. 
But those are just headlines, and we know what happens to headlines. But the little ones with the little dreams, or the big dreams, those are the ones Jesus listens to. It's those who get to say, who's the greatest? Whoever wants to be the first must be the last and the servant of all. It's called keeping your eye on the ball. Let us pray. We're so grateful, O oh Lord, that you call us. It's your voice that calls us into this amazing life. It's your mission that's been given to us to be the last and to be the servant, to come behind and not in front of, to make sure that everybody gets a chance. So Lord, give us grace that day by day we may keep our eye on that ball. In Jesus' name, amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide It was like I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you And I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I tried to hide It was my turn Till I met you You called my name Darkness into your glorious day. You call my name, and I ran 
So we ask, O oh God, that we may with joy go into the world to serve and love one another. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.